Hello and welcome to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast, your place to laugh and learn. Everything we do is to make the lives of everyday parents easier. Without further ado, let's welcome our hostess with the mostess, Bree James. Welcome back to the Pack Mag Parents Podcast. I'm Bree James, and on today's episode, I'm going to chat to Stephanie Centafanti, who's a psychologist, and we're going to talk about the pros and cons of buying your child a smartphone. Because screen time is pretty controversial these days. It's just as controversial as eating your, letting your child eat junk food all the time. So, But as with anything, there are both pros and cons towards your child and technology. So regardless of your views upon technology, there will soon be a time when your little one starts to notice these devices and wants one for themselves. But when is the appropriate age to give your child their very own device? And is it beneficial or harmful towards them? So... I'm going to chat to Stephanie about what things parents should consider before purchasing a device for their child. So let's get her on Zoom. It's time to get to class. So tell me, Dr. Stephanie, what things should parents consider before purchasing a device for their child? Because many of us are thinking about it, especially uh, with Christmas around the corner. There are quite a few things to consider. So um, I think the first thing to think about is really um, the age of your child. So we know in Australia, the average age that um, a child gets their first mobile phone is 10 years old. Um, But again, just because it's the average, um, it doesn't mean that it's the ideal. There's no ideal time um, and there is a lot to consider. But I think um, what's important to know is the recommendations about screen time. So I will go through these just quickly um, with a bit of a disclaimer at the end. So um, the recommendations say that there's no screen time whatsoever, ideally for children under two. Um, And this is because infancy is really just such an important time for development and um, we need to maximise the experiences that um, our little ones are having with the world around them rather than on the screen. Um, And then anywhere from ages 2 to 12, up to one hour a day is um, the ideal. And then up to two hours a day for teens and adults, um, which I know I exceed more than that on my phone on a daily basis. But I just wanted to kind of remind everyone that these are the recommendations. They're the ideal scenario. And sometimes we don't stick to recommendations and that's okay. So In the same way, you know, we might know the alcohol guidelines or the dietary guidelines, and we might deviate from those sometimes, um, but that's not going to have a huge impact on our health or our well-being if we're doing what we can from day to day, essentially. Um, And so we also know in reality, uh, we'll be hard pressed to find any parent who hasn't let their toddler watch some YouTube by the age of two. Uh, I know all the little ones in my life really know how to navigate YouTube and Netflix better than I do. Um, And this isn't necessarily a bad thing when we consider that our kids are going to be growing up in a a world so full of tech, I don't even think we can properly comprehend it yet. So it's about considering the intended use of the device um, and how that fits for the age of your child, rather than having a kind of no screen time rule. um, I think that's quite unrealistic. So Age is important to consider, but also emotional maturity. 
I guess that's the hard thing uh, with kids. You know, you, I know my children are pestering me for a device because their kids, their friends at school have one. The five-year-old across the street, uh, he has a mobile phone, uh, but his parents are divorced. So I guess that's a reason why. Um, but there has to be some pros, I guess, for buying your children a smartphone or a tablet. What are they? So there are quite a few pros um, and, you know, this is, I guess, the Santa Claus view, um, but I think it's important we look at um, the, the Grinch side of things later on as well. So we hear a lot of doom and gloom stuff about um, tech devices, but really the doom and gloom is associated with overuse. In moderation, um, we know that there are actually quite a few benefits. So, for instance, um, there are social benefits. If we look at this year in particular with lockdown, um, if we didn't have technology devices, we would be so kind of lacking in that social connection. Um, but we know from a, a research side of uh, point of view as well that um, tech use can actually be really good for building social relationships. So we've done some um, research into this at UniSA in conjunction with an organisation called Resilient Youth Australia. Um, and they've got a really good data set of over uh, 250,000 school students. So it gives us a good snapshot of what's happening in our Australian kids. Um, and we found that although there were some, some drawbacks to technology use, um, children who reported using technology devices, they also scored higher on things like maintaining friendships, having more than one close friend at school, um, and so on. So there is actually an important social purpose that um, technology devices can serve. Um, but the important part is making sure that socialising on the devices is not at the expense of socialising in real life. Um, and that's where boundaries come in. And we can talk about that a bit later on. Um, another positive is education. And so we know that there are some positive educational outcomes of tech use. Uh, even prior to this year, uh, technology is really becoming an embedded part of the school curriculum. So in terms of keeping up with tech skills, it can be helpful for kids to have um, access to a, a broad range of devices. But on the flip side of this, we also need to consider that if they're glued to their screens during school time um, and with homework as well, that we should potentially limit um, recreational screen time when they get home from school. Um, and we know that tech use can actually facilitate learning for some children, uh, those with learning difficulties, for example. Uh, and there are also a whole range of educational games and apps um, that especially younger kids might be able to use as a bit of an entry point into tech use. So. Um, it's about balancing the amount of use to get to maximise these um, pros, I guess. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of, of good things. Like I've heard many of our uh, previous guests sort of say, it's like the nutrition label. You just need to be ensuring that they're, you know, observing and engaging with uh, technology that is actually good for them and trying to stay away from the chocolate. <laughs> exactly. Oh. It's a good analogy. <laughs> So tell me the Grinchy stuff, the cons of uh, buying a child a smartphone or a right. So, yeah, so the Grinchy stuff. Um, well, I'll go through some of these and then we can talk afterwards about how we can alleviate some of these um, cons. But um, the first one is it can be really addictive. Um, and, Brie, I'm not sure if you've watched The Social, uh, the social Dilemma. 
Uh, my 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 eleven year old has. I haven't yet, but yeah, I can only imagine what's on there. And he <laughs> freaked him out enough to not want a mobile phone. So I'm pretty excited by that. But yeah, I I um I know that there's a lot in there that's definitely eye opening for many of us. Yeah. So they they give a really nice breakdown of how devices are actually designed to be addictive. Um, and every time we get a notification, our brain interprets that as a reward, and we get all sorts of feel good hormones um, that are released. And so the devices are actually um, designed to make them hard to resist and it becomes a cycle. We crave that um, flood of, of happy hormones that we get every time our phone beeps. Um, even as adults, we're not necessarily aware of this cycle and it becomes really hard to monitor our use and break the cycle. So um, if we as adults struggle with this, it's really um, quite a big ask to expect our kids to um, to be able to monitor their own use. And that's why um, I think it's really important to make sure that our, our kids are um, educated about the side effects that technology use can have on our physiology and our well-being. Um, maybe getting them to watch The Social Dilemma is a really good starting point. Um, but it's also this addictiveness is a reason why we can't simply cut them off. Um, that's not really the answer. So, again, it's all about moderation. Well, like you said, technology is not going anywhere. So, you know, we just have to learn to use it in a good way. Yeah, that's it. And the same way with um, with physical, the kind of physical side effects, um, we, we know that it leads to more sedentary behaviour. So that's not necessarily going to change, but what we can do is um, make sure that there are limits in place so that our kids are still getting active where possible. Because we need to keep in mind... Um, you know, childhood is such an important stage of physical development. They're growing so fast. Their motor skills are developing, um, eyesight and hearing and things like that. And all of these things can be impacted by using too much technology. So um, it's important to keep an eye on, on that side of things. Um, but I also wanted to touch on stress and sleep um, because these are two of the kind of main outcomes that we see from using too much technology. The mental health um, one is huge. So uh, we know that there's a lot of evidence out there to show that social media can increase stress and anxiety. Um, but there's also this sense of FOMO that occurs. So that fear of missing out um, when our kids get told they need to get off their devices. So remember, it can be a bit of a physiological addiction in a way. So it's almost like you rocking up uh, half an hour into a party and dragging your kid home while all the other kids get to stay at the party there's going to be a stress reaction that occurs. Um, so that's kind of one pathway that um, mental health can be impaired. But also another really important factor to keep in mind is that having access to devices is actually widening that, widening that window um, for negative communications and bullying to occur. So bullying that might have been confined to the school day is now flowing over into cyberbullying in the evenings. Um, and this, of course, can be really bad for mental health and mood. So keeping a, an eye on um, your kids' moods is really important when they're using devices. I just want to touch on sleep, um, and I could go on for hours about this one, but I won't. Um, but I will say there is a lot of evidence emerging, including some of our own from UniSA Online, um, to show that sleep is one of the key mechanisms that leads to these negative outcomes from technology use. So, for instance, um, we know tech use can, overuse of tech use, I should say, um, can lead to poor physical health and mental health outcomes, um, reduced 
uh, academic performance and things like that. But we think that part of the reason for this is because kids aren't getting enough sleep because they're staying up at night on their devices. It's cutting into their sleep time um, and it becomes a bit of a cycle. So uh, we also have found that kids do wake up in the middle of the night to check their phones. Um, and we actually found um, with our resilient youth um, research that a quarter of seven-year-olds were using their phones between the hours of 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. And this really shocked me because if you think about it, a seven-year-old needs around nine to 11 hours of sleep per night. And if they're using their phone that late, then that really clearly indicates that they're not getting enough sleep. So if I was going to... Um, to implement one rule regarding tech use, it would be no devices in the bedroom because sleep is so crucial for every aspect of development in childhood. And if we're not getting enough sleep over the long term, that can really um, impact your kids' uh, alertness and, and mood, which then makes it more difficult to sleep uh, and it becomes a cycle. So um, that's a really kind of um, important one to keep a check on if you're buying your kids' tech devices for Christmas. Would you classify a Kindle under that banner as well, which is where they're reading books? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, a Kindle is probably more of a passive activity. So um, reading can be quite a relaxing thing for a lot of people. And if it is something that relaxes you and winds you down, then that's not necessarily a, a bad thing. Um, in comparison to being on a phone that has a super bright light where you're interacting with other people or playing games that um, excite you or yeah. make you a bit stressed. <laughs> Sometimes you don't know whether it's because of the, you know, the lighting of the device, you know, or things like that that impact their sleep. So, yeah, for those Kindle lovers out there, they're still fine. That's good to know. So what safety features are available to monitor your child's device usage? Because many of us, it is a vortex, I know you can think you're just going to hop into Facebook for five minutes and have a quick sticky beak, a bit of a nosy around. The next thing, an hour's gone. Um, so how can we put some limits and some safety features uh, to monitor our child's device usage? So there are quite a few different apps you can actually download to help you monitor your kids' tech use, um, parental control type things and, and apps that cut you off um, of certain sites after a certain time or a certain number of um, times that you open the app. And so these things can be really helpful, especially um, for younger kids, but they almost always need to be used in conjunction with um, the boundaries that you set as a parent. So um, I'll go over a few of these that are based on recent research, but I do want to um, make you kind of keep in mind it's not necessarily feasible or necessary to implement all of these at once. You need to kind of pick one, um, you know, baby steps and see what works well within your household. Um, so where possible, try and make rules about tech use family-based. Uh, and I know this can be really hard if you've got kids across different age groups, but in general, um, rules like, you know, the whole family has to put their devices in a particular spot until after homework's done, um, not using it during dinner time, for instance. Um, and then in the lead up to bedtime, having a kind of blanket rule for the whole household where iPads and phones go away for maybe the hour before or the first person in the household goes to bed. Um, and, and research has shown that even a 30-minute buffer zone can help improve the amount of sleep you get. Um, and so making small kind of adjustments, particularly in the evening, um, can be really important. 
And leading by example, because we know that so much of what our kids learn is through observing us. So um, that's something really important. And just on that note, I would love to see more school-based interventions become a thing. Um, you know, we go on about healthy eating and sun, being sun smart and things like that in school, but it's so much easier to change kids' behaviours when everyone's involved and on board. So something that happens in the future, hopefully. Um, and then something to consider from a psychological perspective. Um, we know that it's a lot easier to change a behaviour if you're substituting it with something else. So, for instance, if I'm trying to cut back on my coffee intake, um, rather than having no caffeine at all in the afternoon, I might switch to a cup of tea, which has slightly less caffeine. Um, and in the same way, if you're trying to entice your kids to get off their devices, then you kind of have to replace that activity with another rewarding activity. So you might say, okay, you can have your phone for half the amount of time that you usually do. And then after that, we're going to do something together and they're connecting with you and other people in the household. So just trying to find that balance a bit and making sure that you're um, replacing um, the, the tech use, I guess, so that it's not as, a, as much of a, a cold turkey thing. Um, and so I also think it's really important to start early, start your discussions early if you are thinking of buying a tech use, um, uh, sorry, a tech device for Christmas, setting boundaries early on and having discussions with your kids where you sit down and you say, okay, we, we might get you an iPad for Christmas, but let's sit down and write out some um, kind of boundaries. What do you think is reasonable? What do you think you're going to be using your device for? And coming up with something that you're you're all happy with and you're on the same page, but also making it clear that um, this is subject to change. So it's kind of uncharted territory. We'll see how you go and we can revise these boundaries. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of, of the grandma test, um, but essentially I think tech use is one thing, but then you've also got social media and that's a whole different ball game. So I love the idea of the grandma test where um, essentially you ask yourself, would you mind your grandma seeing this? And I think that's a really great um, trick to kind of adhere to, um, particularly for the teenagers who, who are more likely to be using social media. So letting your kids know that you will be keeping an eye on their use and not to post anything on social media that they might regret later. Um, but again, as I said, social media is a, a whole different ball game. Um, so, so I think they're kind of the main discussions that I would have with my kids. And as I said before, also making it very clear that um, there are implications of tech use. It's not necessarily great for your health if you're using it too much. And that's why, as a parent, you're setting these boundaries. It's not to be um, a grumpy Grinch. It's because it can be detrimental to their health. So in the same way you kind of guide them through what to eat and um, healthy eating, you have to do the same for the tech devices. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Stephanie. So many great insights around buying a device for our child, whether we should have the phone or the tablet. What age do you feel is the best age? Because obviously you're saying the average age is 10. You sort of touched that there isn't really a good age, but. I'm not sure if I can give you um, a kind of hard age. I think it's more important in a way to look at the emotional maturity of your child. And this is something we look at a bit in our Unisa Online Psychology degree. Um, we look at 
different kind of theories that describe emotional maturity and intellectual development. We know around the age of seven is when um, reasoning and, and logical thinking starts to come into play more, but it's really not around the age of 12, until, until the age of 12 that we see a big jump in um, the ability to reason about hypothetical situations. So I think um, where possible, it's good to, to keep this in mind and ask yourself, you know, do I think that my kid is ready for the responsibility of having a device and managing the emotions that might arise from that tech use and also from the rules that you set around it? Um, so I, I can't really recommend a particular age. I would say um, try to avoid buying your kids who are under two a, a tech device for Christmas. Christmas if you really can um, and then after that it's more about the emotional maturity and and the intended use. Well, thank you so much for your amazing insights Dr Stephanie it's been uh, great to get lots of tips and hints in regard to great device use today. Not a problem thank you. If you're loving the Pack Mag parenting podcast then you'll love our other channels. Follow Pack Mag on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. It's a wrap. What did we learn on today's show? Number one, the average age for a child to get a mobile phone is 10 years old. However, this does not mean it is the correct age or you should feel pressured to give your child a phone at this age. Um, you know, I think it's up to maturity whether they actually even need one. Uh, so that's going to be up to you. Uh, number two, as much as you don't want your child to be hooked on technology at such a young age, it's not a bad thing that they know how to navigate devices as they will be growing up in a world full of tech. Uh, so what we need to consider instead is the intent of the use and how it fits with the age and the emotional maturity of your child rather than having no screen rule at all. However, as parents, we need to monitor that socializing on devices as it's not at the expense of socializing in real life and that, that it's safe, there's no bullying and things like that. And that's where boundaries will come into play. Another thing that she mentioned was that devices for children can also benefit those who have learning difficulties. So as well as helping younger children educationally through learning apps, it's about balancing the amount of use to maximize these benefits. Now, unfortunately, with everything that comes the cons towards owning a device, because devices are designed to be addictive. We crave the flood of happy hormones that come when using our devices. So our children need to be educated on the side effects of this technology and the effects technology can have on their physicality and well-being. Because like Stephanie mentioned, try sitting your child down and watch The Social Dilemma on Netflix with them and it'll really help. Overuse of technology can be harmful for your child, resulting in mood swings and loss of sleep if the device is near them during sleeping hours. As Stephanie said, a big rule to implement if your child has a device or will be getting a device soon is no devices in the bedroom uh, because this rule minimizes the addiction of checking the phone in the middle of the night or staying awake too long, scrolling on their phones or iPads or anything like that. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you so much, Stephanie, uh, for all your amazing advice for us parents navigating uh, this technologically filled lives that our children are growing up in. Uh, but I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Remember, any important links can be found in the show notes. But until next time, happy parenting. And don't forget to tell everyone you heard it on PacMag. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you want to be an expert guest or you've got a weird, wacky or wonderful product to share, don't be shy. Get in contact with our team at info at pacmag.com.au. 
This podcast is proudly produced by PacMag. You can listen to more episodes on our website, pacmag.com.au.